Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody. I want to start off today with talking about President Zelensky's address to Congress. President Zelensky came in via Zoom to address Congress yesterday about where things are with Putin's war of aggression that has killed thousands of his people, that has shelled entire cities that are now unrecognizable. And what he asked for um, in that call was a no-fly zone. It's what he's been asking for since the beginning of the invasion. And what does this mean exactly? Well, a no-fly zone would essentially mean that no aircraft, right, is permitted to be able to fly over the Ukraine. But what it also means is certain interfacing with Russia, another nuclear power, and basically saying that we got you, you need to stop, and if you continue to move forward in this aggressive manner, then we are going to answer your aggression with aggression. Now, for many people, and for many reasons that we all know, namely World War III and the fact that Russia has access to over a thousand nuclear bombs that could essentially wipe off parts of the planet, America does not want to get involved in this war, but America is involved in this war. We have provided $1.4 billion worth of money, weaponry, everything outside of what is going to stop the bombs from dropping from the sky, destroying maternity wards, killing innocent civilians, we are doing everything but that. The question that I have is, again, are we just slowing down the inevitable? 
If Putin is a maniac, as many have said, you get on, you listen to cable news, he's a maniac, he's a sociopath, he's all of these things. But if you know that to be true, if the belief really is that Putin is going to stop at nothing, then don't we need to start considering measures that are much more aggressive than what it is that we have already done? Now, one of the steps that is being floated around is not only the sanctions on Russians, right? And Russian oligarchs that essentially fuel are fueling this war and fuel Putin, but to put sanctions on other nations, namely wink, wink without a mention China, China, who has been in bed with right. And in relationship with Putin for quite some time. However, the isolation that Russia is feeling right now from the sanctions, the crippling, right, of corporations pulling out of the out of Russia at a really fast clip, we couldn't afford to have that done with China. Like this is the thing that happens when you start to realize that everything in our world is actually connected, that we are not you know, some isolated nation that no, a lot of our goods come from China, right? Are developed in China, are made in factories in China, right? Because we don't want to pay U.S. workers or U.S. factories. So they all took their companies, their factories abroad. And so now what we saw, right, during COVID at the beginning of COVID is, oh shit, Well, if everybody is shut down, that means that no one is making the quote unquote, all the stuff that we need, right? That we've become addicted to. So if we were to put sanctions on China, wouldn't that officially be like kind of putting sanctions on ourselves? Do we think that this nation of billions, right? Is not resilient enough to be able to self-sustain Now we know everyone, there is, there is no country, right? That is self-sustaining, that isn't somehow participating in the global marketplace. But I don't think that there is a country that is as necessary, right? To the global marketplace as China is, and as the United States is. So if we have gone as far as we can go in terms of an economic squeeze on Russia, And President Zelensky is sitting before the American Congress and saying, look, yes, I need more money. Yes, I am grateful for the ways in which you have shown up. But the reality is, is that Ukraine is not going to exist for much longer if Putin is able to continue dropping bombs on our cities. So like my question is, how many lives is enough? for there to be lost, for action to be taken. And I've said this before, and I just keep thinking about it, right? I keep thinking about the millions of souls that were stolen in World War II. Millions before there was any type of intervention. And now I wonder, by virtue of us having social media, right? Of this war literally unfolding before our eyes, whether it is on your phone, on your computer, or on your television, that is America going to be able to quote unquote, stay out of it for much longer when the American people themselves 
are witnessing these atrocities and saying, how are we sitting by on the sidelines? How do we say that we are about preserving democracy around the world and we are seeing a real life attack and we're doing nothing to stop it? Now, on the other side, right, of that is, should American lives be lost in order to defend the Ukraine? Well, the reality here that I think that we all need to start wrapping our minds around is that Putin is not stopping at the Ukraine. Ukraine falls, right? Absorbed by Putin. And then they are going to keep going. It's like, do you remember Pac-Man and all the little things that Pac-Man would eat up? That is fucking Putin right now. Putin Pac-Man. He wants to gobble up Eastern Europe to put a threat and real pressure on the United States and on the Western world. He wants world dominance. He wants the world to fear him. So does he care whether or not Joe Biden is calling him a war criminal? No, he doesn't give a fuck. So what do you do? What can be done with a madman who is actually quite bright, who doesn't give a fuck, who literally has run out of fucks to give. I, you know, I think that Biden is in a really precarious position for a variety of reasons, but I'm not giving slack to this White House because I have a lot of my own fucking grievances with the ways that a lot of things have been handled from voting rights to abortion rights um, to their silence and inaction around the assault on LGBTQ youth, right? That being said, if we go to war, right, this isn't going to end well. And by end well, we mean like the world ending, meaning that everyone releases their nukes and then we're gone. But if you have a bully that is standing in the middle of the schoolyard, beating their chest and literally pummeling one of the less strong kids in front of you, and there's a line of other kids that are going to be pummeled to death if you do not intervene. When is the right time to make the decision? What does that look like? This is the thing that I'm trying to understand is, is there a moment? Is there a number that is in the head of this president and the other leaders that are in NATO, that they say, if he crosses this line, we got to jump in. Because if not, folks, then how long are we willing to let this go? Because, you know, today, yesterday, excuse me, in the press conference that Biden gave, he keeps giving warnings that this is going to be a long, painful, terrible war. But how long? How terrible? Right? And how are we going to say that we are a country that believes in democracy and yet we are literally not willing to put 
anything in jeopardy or at stake in order to move forward. Because here's the thing. One of the other things that Zelensky said while he was invoking um, Martin Luther King and invoking the fact that we should care more about peace than we do money. And I was confused because I'm like, I don't know who you think you're talking to because all politicians in America care about is money, right? Like they are, you know, political prostitutes, right? They're turning tricks for their favorite donors, right? So long as that money keeps flowing, they'll keep they'll keep tricking. Like that's how politics works. So I don't know how long we watch these images and these pictures play out. I don't know how many more millions of people need to flee the Ukraine to these bordering nations that are not going to be able to take on an entire million population of people without buckling under that pressure. What's the end game here? That, I mean, this is the question that I'm asking myself and I, and I know that many are asking right now is what is the end game? What is Putin's end game? His end game is a united Russia, right? It is a USSR 2.0. That's his end game. What is he willing to do in order to make that happen? Because if he pulls back now, right, he will look weak in front of the world. He won't look like he pulls back now. Are we welcoming him back into the G to the G seven? Are we welcoming him back into the political fold as if he didn't just commit war crimes on national television? So if if Putin and Russia are not coming back into the fold, if they are now and forever will be our adversaries and they are an active threat, then what do we see, folks, as the end game? How do we move through this? This I do not know. But here's another thing that has me really in my feelings, and I talked about this on Woke Wednesday. Every time America puts up its budget and Congress has to pass a budget so that, you know, government doesn't shut down and all of these things, we're often told that all of our social services and safety nets, oh, we don't have enough money for them, right? You bring in the same amount, if not more, of our tax dollars every single year. And it is Congress who gets to decide where those tax dollars are allocated to. Now, we know that there are also people that are in Congress who make a lot of money when we are at war, right? Because they have investments, right, in military technologies, right, into war technologies. It's the same way that you had members of Congress that were making money investing before anybody even knew about COVID, Right. That they were like, oh, shit, this is about to be hot. So let me go put some money in on masks and put some money in on ventilators and put some money in on these things. I mean, this this happens. There's a bill right now that is circulating around Congress that is, in fact, about stopping members of Congress from being able to make money off of the shit that they learn. Funny enough, I think that this is something that 
Democrats and Republicans will agree on that they don't want to hinder their ability to be rich off of our backs and off of our misery. So we'll see how far that legislation goes. Nonetheless, you know, you have $1.4 billion that you're able to just hand over to the Ukrainian people, to Zelensky. But when we turn around and we say, where are the resources for education, for a healthcare system, for infrastructure, for all these things, everything is a fight. But the money to provide endless resources for war, we're good. Right. And the American people will stand up and they'll applaud and say, yes, we need to help the Ukrainians. But I ask at whose expense. Right. Because if the federal government this week says, oh, well, we're no longer going to provide covid care to the uninsured because we can't afford it. And we're no longer going to provide states with all the resources that they need. We have to bring that number down 30 percent because we can't afford it. But then you turn around and in less than a month provide $1.4 billion to the Ukraine. I, I just, I, again, how do you rationalize saying this shit out loud? And people will say to me, oh, well, Danielle, Republicans are no longer going to vote for COVID relief. Well, they didn't vote for it in the beginning. Right. They're like it was, it, there is never a part of their plans. But Biden is the president of the United States. So what kind of emergency release funds do you have access to? Because here's the thing that I continue to believe is that there are more maneuvers and strategies that can be made if, in fact, we had leaders that had backbones. But because we don't, because they would rather capitulate to the needs and the desires and the accusations of Republicans, we don't ever get anything done. Right. And then we want to turn around in campaign season and say, oh, don't vote for the other guy. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why? I know why I don't vote Republican because they're racist, they're misogynist, they're pigs, you know, they're terrible human beings. Right. Like I didn't always believe that. I believe that we had a difference of ideology. But when they decided to vote in a white supremacist, Right. When they decided that like misogyny and hatred and all of these things and homophobia and transphobia were a part of their mission statement, then they showed me who they were. So I have no qualms in saying that if you are a Republican in these United States in this time, that you are a racist because you don't support racism or you are quiet about it. And then you don't get that label. That's not how this works. And it's not how I work. Nonetheless, I believe that there are things that can be done by Democrats and by this administration, but they refuse to. And it is because they are afraid. It is because they are afraid about how Republicans will react. It is They are afraid by what it is that they will say. And I'm saying to you, they don't like you know how, right? They don't give a fuck about you or your feelings, right? And the minute that they have the gavel, the minute that they have power, they are going to impeach a whole lot of people. For no reason whatsoever, but they will make up reasons. They will make up laws, right? And so if you know that, and you know that it is in our best interest and in the best interest of preserving our democracy to make sure that that does not happen, then why would you be moving in a reactionary posture instead of doing what needs to get done and worrying about the consequences later? Because here's what we know to be true. The American people, their memory is real small, real short, 
right? And why is that? It's not because I believe Americans. It's not because I believe us to be stupid or I believe us not to care. I just believe that when your basic needs are not met, right, you do not have the luxury and the benefit of being able to sit around at your kitchen table pontificating on how Republicans are moving to screw you, right? Because you have to be concerned about what food or medicine you're going to be able to put on that kitchen table. And so when you can't do that, your days and your time are going to be spent trying to figure that equation out, right? You don't have the luxury of them being able to fig- them being able to say, how come? Why don't I have the ability to do that in this country? Oh, because we've all been force fed the same lie about pulling yourself up from your bootstraps. And if you are facing hard and difficult times, that's because of your, that's because of you, your lack of grit, your lack of wherewithal. It has nothing to do with the fact that in other industrialized nations around the world that call themselves a democracy, that they actually do way more to take care of their citizens than the United States does. And that's the truth. We're so busy waving a flag and saying we are number one. We don't even understand what we are number one in. It's not any of the good things. If you're wondering it, you know, I, I just, I think that I have come to a place in my political career where I am beginning to kind of grapple with the fact that this democracy, government, my my love and feeling that we can create a government and a system that is for us and by us, that the belief that, you know, it's each generation's duty to perfect our very imperfect union I no longer believe those things. I believe that America is a sham. I think that it's kind of one of the biggest grifts and one of the biggest setups, right? We were able to say that we were number one and we were better than everybody else as we were moving at breaking pace, right? With industrialization and, you know, and, and, democracy and we were building Levitt towns and we were, you know, constructing and, and, and creating products and cars and all of these things. We were at the pinnacle, right? At the turn of the 20th century. But then somehow at some point we just stopped investing in the American people. We instead decided to start investing more in shareholders and CEOs and their needs. We decided that it wasn't about creating safe safe working environments, right, for corporations that are hauling in billions upon billions of dollars off of the very little money that they give some of their lowly workers, right? We stopped providing pensions. We stopped providing insurance. We stopped doing a whole host of things. And the government that was supposed to be our watchdogs looking out for the little guy decided that they were then going to team up with the CEOs and the corporations so that if they got a little cut, then they didn't care what was happening to the collective because it was really only about the needs of the individual, their needs, their families, their Maseratis and their yachts, 
their vacation homes. So the belief that I had, that I fell in love with as a young person about being a part of creating massive change. I mean, I guess I've taken off my rose-colored glasses. I guess I've moved to a place of knowing where I actually do see both sides and both sides don't look good. You have one party that is very clear about who they are, who they embrace and what they are aligned with. Then you have Democrats who are unclear about who they are aligned with and they speak out of both sides of their mouth. I mean, this is what, honestly, and and let me say this, and I don't say it lightly, this is a thing that black Republicans offer often. Now, I'm not joining your fucking party, right? But the thing that they often offer is that, well, Democrats lie to you. They keep talking about equal pay. They keep talking about, you know, fighting against climate change. They keep talking about all these things, but all they are doing is talking about it. They don't actually offer up any real change to the American people. Now, you can say, well, they try and offer it, but then it's swat down. But it's not just swat down by, it's not done on party lines. There are plenty of quote unquote, you know, centrist Democrats that use Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema as their shields because Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin are fame whores, right? They always want to have their name in somebody's mouth. So they'll take it because it gives, it feeds their ego. But there are many of other members, right? Who vote against the interests of the whole in service of the few, the few that are in front of them. So when you learn all of these things and you start to realize, well, you talk to immigration folks and they tell you, do you know that Obama deported more people than any Republican did? Do you know that right now Joe Biden has deported 20,000 Haitians, right? 20,000 Haitian refugees seeking refuge from certain death in their country political upheaval, COVID upheaval, natural disasters that have flattened parts of the country, right, over the past couple of years. They are coming here for aid and assistance, and the Biden administration didn't say, oh, we don't take people from shithole countries, but they sure as hell have used their planes as a fucking boomerang to put those people right back where they started. And then at the same time, Want to say the American people, we will open up our doors to the Ukrainians. Well, I wonder why. Right? Because they have the right hue for our empathy. They have the right complexion for compassion. It's, you know, and this is what I say has me troubled most days because I want to believe that we are a country that wants to be better. But wanting to be better and actually doing better are two very different things. Two very different things. And so we see that America wants to be better. America wants to talk tough on Russian oligarchs and war criminals. But when it comes, right, when it comes to talking tough and dealing with those who are putting our democracy at jeopardy when it comes to talking tough and actually doing something right 
to hold the people that are trying to destroy our republic, there are no words to say. There's nothing to offer up. And so I'm confused about where we go eight months from now when it is election time. And we will most likely in those eight months, it is, it is very possible that we are at war, right? That we're not just aiding from the sidelines, that we are actually in a full-blown war. That's certainly possible. We know that uh, by the time that the election comes, um, we will no longer have abortion certified across this country. We'll, we will have lost that under a Democrat's watch with no policy coming up the rear to make sure that even if the courts, right, make the decision, which we know they are going to make to gut Roe v. Wade, that no federal protections will still be in place. No, we don't have that. We don't have voting rights. We don't have police reform. And then you have newspapers like The Hill who are stating that Democrats have moved too far to the left, and this is why they're going to lose. And I'm saying to myself, and I said this on Woke Wednesday, how can we be considered too far left when Republicans have gone so far to the right that they are off a cliff and they have moved both political parties to right of center? But yeah, going after and trying to preserve our democracy, our climate, right? Like that's seeming too left-leaning for people because they don't realize that in a couple of months, we are going to be at the beginning of hurricane season. And what we know is that every hurricane season over the last four or five years have been quote unquote historic, right? Historic in the damage that it has caused, historic in how long it has lingered. And why is that? Oh, I don't know. The warming of our fucking oceans. We can't afford to be ignorant, right? We can't afford to continue to go to like these Paris climate agreement, these summits to talk a really good game, to go home and then not pressure the CEOs to do the right thing right now, folks. We are experiencing gas prices that we have never seen in this country, right? Gas is somewhere at like 439 a gallon. At least that's what I saw when I was out east on Long Island. The oil companies have the ability to absorb that cost and not place that cost on the American people. Also, the price of gas, the price of oil has dropped, right? By $30 in recent days. And yet, right, and yet, the price of gas hasn't actually gone down. And I want folks to, like, think about that. This is kind of akin to what the airlines did, in my mind, right? So you have airlines, right? Who are like, oh my God, we're losing so much money. Nobody's traveling. Oh my God. Government bails them out. They decide to charge you for everything. They charge you for the cushion in your seat. They charge you for overhead compartment. And then they say, oh, but once things go back to normal, you know, we'll roll back those costs. They never did. They never did. 
right? So if oil companies are well aware of the fact that they are actually making bank right now in this crisis, and they know that they hold, right, the power over the American people because you don't have a choice. You got to get to work. So whether you're driving yourself, you're taking a train, you're taking a subway, all of that is gas, right? Because we've made no investment into any other kind of power source, any other type of energy source, not in any real way. I just get so angry because I realize that things don't have to be this way, right? That this is not what people stood in line for, for hours at a time when we did not have a vaccine to vote for. And it is no longer enough to say that I'm not the other guy and think that that is going to be enough to get you into office. And so I don't know what Democrats messaging is. I don't know how we talk tough about preserving democracy and the horrible things that Putin has done. And the only person that he didn't sanction, the only person Putin didn't sanction was Donald Trump. You know the relationship that Trump has with Putin and other enemies of America, but yet you're doing nothing about the literal sitting fascist threat that is standing on the buffet line at Mar-a-Lago that is continuing to spread lies, continuing to chummy up to the nation's enemies, right? And being rewarded by it, by not being sanctioned. And we do nothing. Merrick Garland has a stack, a stack of information and investigation that has been done by the January 6th commission. No indictments. You know, next week you'll hear a conversation that I have with our friend Joyce White Vance, who will say that, you know, Merrick Garland doesn't operate, is not operating on the timeline of midterm elections. And I'm saying he fucking should. He fucking should. Because when Republicans take back power, he's not going to be able to do a damn thing. If in fact he's doing anything right fucking now, which is really unlikely. Because the federal prosecutors or former federal prosecutors that I talked to say that you would have heard some rumblings by now. There would have been some fucking leaks in that sieve of the Department of Justice that would let us know that there is movement that is happening. There is nothing. So are they that good at hiding it? Or have they just decided much the same way that Alvin Bragg did in New York that eh, we're just not going to do anything? We'll just quietly allow things to, you know, stay the way they are. We'll allow the status quo. We knew that Alvin Bragg wasn't going to do dick in New York when the two top prosecutors quit. We haven't had that action taken yet by folks at the DOJ, but we know that they are really unhappy with the way that things are going and how they have been rolled out. I want to have faith. I so desperately want to have faith 
I want to believe that our better angels are going to prevail. I want to believe that somehow we're in the midst of some sci-fi dystopian, you know, Hollywood movie and that the good guys are going to prevail at the very end. Just when you think that all is lost, they're going to snatch defeat, right? Snatch victory, excuse me, out of the mouth of defeat. But no, I think that Democrats instead are just laying down. I don't even think that they are actually fighting. So what does that mean for us? You know, as I watch the coverage of the people in the Ukraine and folks staying, staying and saying that they're going to defend their country, they're going to risk their lives to do that. I think about us in the United States. I don't think that we would come together in the face right now of certain terror. I think that you would have a group and a not insignificant group that would say, I don't know what you all are up in arms about, right? You have the Tucker Carlson's of the world and the Candace Owens, these Russian puppets and the Tulsi Gabbard's who are out there spewing Russian talking points for the first time. Folks, in our nation's history, as there is war that is unfolding, you have members of one of the two political parties <laughs> applauding the dictator and still can somehow call themselves Americans. They're applauding the war criminal and questioning the one who is getting all of the applause, questioning the valiance, right, of Zelensky, but applauding Putin. That's where we are. It's a scary place. We're in a really, we're in a really scary place. So I will say this, let me end here and, and delve into a woke moment of wellness, which, you know, I can't offer every day because some days I'm just not in that headspace. Yesterday I was not, I was really distraught, um, about what I was seeing and reading, but I will say this as the weather has begun to change, I have, you know, really challenged myself to get back out and to walk to get back out and to walk around my community and to see people playing with their babies, to see cute little dogs walking on the street, to listen to music blaring out from cars, just to realize that life does not stop, right? Life will continue and persist. And that even in the face of all that is horrific and rage inducing, that there is still good to see. I was walking today and I saw you know, the, the beginnings of, of leaves coming out of, you know, of, of branches, right? That spring is on the horizon that given everything that is happening, the cycle, right? The rebirth is still happening. It's important to get out of our rage, depression, grief bubbles, and be able to see those things, to be able to take stock in what is still good, what is still happening and not just shroud ourselves in the darkness and the sadness of the moment. So whatever it is that you do, do not stay in rage and in the news 
and in terror and in anxiety for too long. Take breaks, go outside, point out, journal. Begin to journal during this time. If you've never kept a journal, and I'm keeping one right now, it's not daily, but I at least try and write down once a week because we're living in extraordinary times, right? This show for me is my political journal, right? It, it is exactly what is happening as it is happening. But emotionally, for my well being and how I'm feeling in the moment, it's important for me to get those things out, right? To be able to look back you know, and, and hope that things will get better, that I will see a pattern of as the world crumbles, that I'm able to really relish in, you know, and marinate in moments of joy, even as fleeting as they are. It is important for us. That is your woke moment of wellness. As always, dear friends, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. See you back tomorrow. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.